0: The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel today gives us one of the funniest and strangest and most puzzling of Jesus' parables, which is saying a lot because all the parables are surprising and strange and shocking. That's almost their literary form. Jesus rarely preached in a doctrinal way just laying out the truths. his preferred method of teaching was the parable this kind of odd disquieting surprising story that's meant to shock us into a whole new way of thinking the one today is one of the best examples of this parable form of teaching it's the story of the unjust steward and I know we've heard it many times but I bet whenever we hear this story we remain a little bit puzzled, curious. What could he possibly be doing in this story? As he often does, he draws here from the economic realm. Jesus' parables, by the way, are often from the realm of the peasant, of the farmer, you know, those that sow seeds and plant and so on. But he also draws quite a bit from the economic realm, the realm of business. Well, here's the unjust steward there's this man who is responsible for caring for his master's goods and money he's been caught though with his hand in the till he's been caught lining his own pockets squandering his master's property and money the master says to him your services are no longer required now at this point this unjust steward panics and we have to understand why he panics in the society of jesus time there's no unemployment compensation, there's no insurance, there's no uh, welfare. When someone lost his job, especially an older man, well he he was in danger of losing his life. Unless he had someone wealthy in his family, and of course the Palestine of Jesus time was a very poor country, unless there was someone wealthy in his family who could support him, he was literally out on the street. So this man is put into a dire situation. Now what does he do? Well, first he says, look, I'm too old to dig. I'm too proud to beg. That gives you, by the way, a good idea of what his prospects were. If he lost his job, especially for male in a small town where everyone knew everyone else's business, the odds of his getting another job were very, very high. So what he's left with is the possibility of doing the most menial kind of labor, but he says, look, I'm too old, I'm too weak for that or else begging. This is the dire, desperate situation the man is in. So, what does he do? Let me just read to you now a little from Jesus' parable. He called in his master's debtors, one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here's your promissory note. Sit down, quickly write one for fifty. Then to another, the steward said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here's your promissory note, write one for 80. So what he does, he calls in these people he's been dealing with probably for years, he knows them well. And he cheats his master further in order to ingratiate himself with these men and thereby maybe find a softer landing when he's fired from his job. Well, it's extraordinary. He's thinking fast on his feet. He's certainly wily, clever. But you'd say he's, he's doubling his immorality. He was dismissed for immorality, and now he's cheating his master even further to get ahead. Now, at this point, Jesus pulls the rug out from under us. And the master, he says, praised this unjust steward praised him for being prudent, clever, wily. Now, what do we make of this? It seems so peculiar, especially right here in the middle of Luke's gospel, where Jesus has been telling us now over and over again, do not cling to the things of this world, let go of your possessions, find your treasure in heaven, etc., etc. Live the radical life of the gospel. And now here in this story, he seems to be saying, I like, I praise, I approve of this man who clings to wealth in an immoral way. Well, what gives? It's meant, like all parables, to surprise us. And it's meant, I think, like all parables, to throw light on certain basic spiritual dynamics. Is he praising him for his immorality? No. Again, he praises him for his cleverness, for his prudence, for his wiliness. I want to look at this from three different angles. I think there are three great spiritual lessons this parable is meant to teach. First, the unjust steward is in serious trouble and he knows it. He awakens to a crisis in his life. The word crisis runs up and down the Gospels. It means decision or judgment. Jesus' person is a kind of crisis. His own person is a kind of judgment. That means when you see and deal with him, you've got to make a choice. Because in Jesus, God's presence, God's life is made available. Now, are you with him or are you against him? You have to choose. There's no room for complacency. Do you remember in Mark's gospel, in Jesus' inaugural address, the first words out of his mouth, the time is now. Therefore, repent and believe the good news. Do you see what he's saying? And he repeats it really in all his preaching. The time is now. Wake up. A decision has to be made. A decision for repentance, for the change of your life and to hook your life onto the power and energy of God. Friends, we live in a permanent crisis situation spiritually. Jesus has made God's life available, and we've got to choose it. We have to wake up to the spiritual state that we are in. You know, I've quoted Karl Barth before, the great Protestant theologian. Barth said, the greatest of the deadly sins is sloth. What he meant was, it's a kind of complacency that I just don't really care about my spiritual life, my spiritual health. What Jesus is pointing to, I think, in his parable is, wake up to the crisis that you are in spiritually and the need to make a clear, unambiguous decision about your life. You know, I I think of people that have gone through the 12-step programs for various types of addiction, they will say, you know, I could go through my whole life and I was drinking too much or I was eating too much, whatever it was. And I didn't wake up to my problem until I reached a crisis point. The 12-step people talk about scraping bottom or hitting bottom. That moment when I realize I've got myself into a serious mess. So in the spiritual life. We must realize how important this decision for god is wake up to the fact that we need to make a decision how about a second lesson this man in the parable makes a very clear and very honest assessment of himself once he's fired he knows his time is up he says look i'm i'm too old to dig I'm too proud to beg. What's he admitting about himself? I am weak physically and spiritually. You know, when you're in a crisis, you are compelled to a sort of honesty about yourself. Most of us go through most of our lives living complacently, inventing, let's face it, a lot of lies about ourselves Oh I, I'm okay I'm I'm doing alright oh, oh yeah you know I got a few problems here and there but basically I'm okay but when the moment of crisis comes we realize we're in a life-and-death situation then there's no room for this kind of dishonesty think for a second somebody who has gone through most of his life eaten Big Macs for dinner eating French toast for breakfast, drinking whatever he wants, smoking, not exercising. And the person's, you know, making his way through life. And then comes the heart attack. Then comes the stroke. Doesn't kill him, let's say, but, man, it wakes him up. Once you know you're in crisis, then there is no room for self-deception. Now there's no room for little games, little subterfuges, little lies we tell ourselves. Once he's had that heart attack, he says, look it, I know I'm not eating right. I know I'm not exercising. I know I shouldn't be smoking. I've got to change. I'm not all right. I think what Jesus admires in this unjust steward is his honest self-assessment. Things are not right in my life. And the man is able to make the assessment precisely because he's scared and he knows he's in crisis. So we, in spiritual crisis, have to be able to say, Lord, I know all is not right with you and me. I know my spiritual life is not where it should be. I'm not praying the way I should. I know my relationships are not right. I know I'm not caring for the poor. I know I'm not doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. I know I'm not attending Mass. I know I'm not participating in the sacraments. We can lie to ourselves as long as we don't think we're in crisis. But when we wake up to our need for God, then we can say with this unjust steward, all is not right with me. Third and final quality that I think Jesus wants us to see? This man acts. Look, he acts immorally, I know, and Jesus is not telling us to be immoral, but what he admires is his resolute action. He's in crisis, he knows his own weaknesses, he's assessing himself honestly, and then he decides to act. Go back for a second to our man, With all the bad eating habits and smoking and no exercising and he has the heart attack let's say he wakes up to the fact that he's in crisis he knows his own weaknesses and doesn't act doesn't change well that man's in a ridiculous situation more than ridiculous dangerous situation now imagine someone who has awakened to the crisis I know my relationship with God is the most important thing. Secondly, I'm aware of my own weaknesses. Now, I must act. My prayer life's weak. Start praying. Now, today. The sacraments, mass, I've been staying away. We'll get back to them. Now, act decisively. I, I, my relationships are off. Fix them now. I don't do the corporal and spiritual works. We'll start now. Decisive action is the end result of awakening to crisis. And I think that's what Jesus wants us to see today. There's no time for wishy-washiness in the spiritual life. You're either with me or against me, says the Lord. The time for judgment, decision, it's not tomorrow, not next week. It's now, today. Today. Call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.